Fantasy Injury Team podcast brought to you by Guys Trip. Are you planning a golf trip, bachelor party, sporting event trip, or just need a good weekend getaway with the guys? Guys Trip plans your entire trip and saves you up to 30% off retail pricing for rental homes, transportation, golf, nightlife, and so much more. Visit guystriplive.com and use the code FIT for 10% off your fee today. Guys Trip just show up another big week of fantasy playoffs huge implications here in week 16 many injuries tom the doctor of physical therapy are you ready to sort through this thing i'm always ready to sort through some injuries Um, i'm dealing with i wouldn't say an injury but a little bit of a raspiness in my voice myself but you know what i'm here i'm ready to go i'm going to give it my best effort we love that so much. We've had mic problems recently. I lost my voice a couple of weeks ago. You're a little raspy right now, but the show always goes on, Tom, at the Fantasy Injury Team. So we got a lot to deal with. Well, before we get in here, Tom, playoff implications. How are you in any meaningful playoffs? Or are we sailing this year? What's going on? Oh, here? my goodness. Let me tell you this story. So in one of my higher stakes leagues, I go into Monday night. I'm up by two points. I have Jake Elliott. He has DK Metcalf. So obviously I put in the group chat, like it would be freaking sick if DK Metcalf got ejected in the first quarter or whatever. That didn't happen. But (laughs) he was doing nothing until that last drive. So here I am as an Eagles fan also. I'm like, it's third. We have the ball third and seven with like not much time left. And I'm like, if we convert this, we win. And I win. And when we didn't convert it, I'm like, we're going to lose, and I'm going to lose. And sure enough, that's what happened. Goes from double possible wins to double L's. That was a tough one. Obviously, I fell asleep because I'm an old grandpa at this point. But I woke up, watched all the highlights, and you're right. DK, like, for like the fourth or whatever the last drive was, DK for 10. DK for 20. We caught the ball four or five times. And the Eagles lost. So most of us in uh, Northeast Jersey are thrilled about it. You Southwest New Jersey, New Jerseyans slash Philadelphia, Philadelphians, Philly. Yes, Philly. That is correct. You people, you people uh, aren't so happy. But let's get into some injuries here. So we got a good amount to go with. Obviously, we have playoffs. I think most leagues are in their semifinals this week. So some serious questions. A lot of concussions this week. Um, so let's talk about, we'll start with CJ Stroud. He's questionable for this week. Didn't play last week, but still dealing with that concussion. So what can you tell us there? He's still not practicing, and it doesn't sound like they're expecting him to be ready this week. Let's remember concussions are different for everyone. It's a very unique injury. No two concussions are the same. No two people experience it the same. So the timeline is very unpredictable. And at this point, it does not look like Stroud is on pace to play this week. So we have to prepare for another week without him if he is your fantasy quarterback. And also if he is the quarterback of any of your receivers or running backs, which not a whole lot on that team since Tank Dell is injured. Nico Collins is also banged up. So probably not a whole lot of Houston Texans being started anyway. But still, Stroud himself not looking like he's going to play. And looks like it might be another week of uh, Case Keenum. Keenum admirable. Not terrible at all. I mean, they pulled together a scrappy 19-16 win over the Titans. 
You're right, though. I mean, not much going on here. We'll talk a little bit later about Nico Collins, my boy Noah Brown, team high 11 targets. He's disappeared in some games and had a really, really big game this past week. So we'll see if he can repeat that. And I think it might be over, Tom, for Damian Pierce. Listen, maybe he needs a new team, maybe next year. Just one carry to Devin Singletary's 26. And I get it. They're in a win-now mode right now, pulling out another win. But I just think that the trust for him has gone down or the trust for Singletary has gone up. So it'll be interesting to see where they go next year. Singletary, a little bit older. I'm talking fantasy draft-wise. But anyway, Texans, a big AFC clash this week. They play the Browns. Should be a good game. And sounds like what Tom is saying is we're going to have Case Keenum at the helm there. Next guy, another concussion. It is Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars play the Bucks this week in another game of some first-place teams. C.J. Beathard is their uh, backup, but is he going to need to play? Do you think it'll be Lawrence or him? Um, another one didn't practice today, so that puts him behind on his ability to clear the protocol. doesn't mean that he can't clear it, but as of now, it's not looking good. So we'll have to keep monitor, monitoring him throughout the week, but of course, this would be a huge downgrade to every player on that offense if he can't go. You think even ETN? I mean, he might see increased volume, but just stack boxes more so. and just Yeah, move, that, you know. that, that's how I would see it. Um, ETN was a, a marginal hit there, but all the receivers, definitely a bigger hit. Yeah, fair enough. And a lot of these injuries, of course, come, uh, come in at a tough time. And going over to Indianapolis, let's talk about their backfield a little bit. So we have Zach Moss, who's dealing with, I mean, it was a forearm, but I thought he was dealing with a shoulder injury too. And then also we have JT, who hurt his thumb. Had that surgery. It looks like he's coming off IR. So give us a little bit of this, Tom. What's going on with the Colts, their backfield? What are some things that we can expect, you know, from an injury standpoint? I'll start with Jonathan Taylor. He had a thumb UCL injury that required surgery with an internal brace about three weeks ago. Now, he did practice in full today. And this is interesting and an interesting one to monitor because if you look at the rehab protocols for this type of surgery, it's usually not until weeks five, six, or even eight, depending on the surgeon, where they're clearing the person for gripping and strengthening. So holding a football, catching a football, that takes gripping, that takes strength. So even if he's playing this week, I am suspecting that they're still going to be very cautious with that thumb, heavily wrap it, heavily brace it, probably to the point where he can't move his thumb to prevent him from trying to grip. So what that means is he's not going to be able to catch the ball. He's not going to be able to block very well either. So I expect him to be purely in on first and second down to run the ball, and that should not be inhibited at all. He should be able to run just fine. could easily hand, <clears throat> handle 20 to 25 carries, 100-plus yards and a touchdown. I just don't think that passing work is going to be there. And we talked about this last week how – or maybe not last week, a few weeks ago – how that role would – be taken by Zach Moss when Taylor returns. Well, guess what? Now Zach Moss is dealing with a wrist injury. We saw his arm get slammed into the ground. He pretty much punched the ground when he scored that touchdown. That's going to put a lot of force through that wrist, through that forearm. And that's actually the forearm that he broke in training camp this year. He had a surgery to repair it. And luckily, he didn't refracture anything. But definitely dealing with some kind of injury in the wrist, forearm, they're telling us. And you're right, there was reports from Schefter yesterday that it was a shoulder injury. Now, outside of yesterday, I have not seen shoulder reported at all. I don't know if that was a misrepresentation 
or if that's actually also what he's also dealing with because that type of impact the impact from the ground goes up through the arm into the shoulder so he could totally be dealing with a sprain or something in the shoulder as well whatever it is either of those both of those are upper body injuries so they're not going to affect his running but again if taylor's back moss is not going to be getting a heavy workload i was expecting him to be the one catching the passes and in on third down and blocking and whatnot he's not gonna be able to do that very well so now we're probably looking at taylor getting the bulk of the carries on first and second down and one of the other guys who filled in the other night doing most of the third down work and tom one of those other guys was no other than trey sermon who went for 17 carries and 88 yards remember when he was such a relevant name i mean what was it two or three years ago sleeper rookie maybe even longer than that he was really talked about early in the year didn't amount to too much but had a decent game um and listen the Colts are eight and six and they could be nine and six after this week they're playing the reeling and quite possibly the very uninspired Falcons that are just refusing to fire Arthur Smith until the season's over so they're in a win all these teams so far we've talked about are in like a must win win now scenario Fantasy football-wise, it's sketchy. It's hard for me to tell you to sit Jonathan Taylor, right? Like, it's just a weird situation coming off that injury. But, like, Tom, I think my biggest fear would be that all three of them are active. You know, like, you get JT on some early work, which uh, – would you play him? I mean, you're not really concerned too much with his, with his workload in terms of just straight handoffs, right? I would totally play him, but understand that it's going to be groundwork and – that's probably it, but it's probably going to be a lot of groundwork. Right. Against the uh, possibly again, the Falcons could be an ugly game. Unfortunately, those riding Zach Moss, it's, it's been a roller coaster for you guys. It's been up and down. He's really been awesome at some points, but I don't know that that is going to last into the fantasy playoffs here. All right. Another one, it's Keaton Mitchell. This was horrible to watch the torn ACL. Um, you know, and, and sad for a rookie who's having a, a really, really fantastic season. Explosive, a guy that can, you know, reminding us of, of uh, HN and some of these really, really fast guys that can just touch it and go. But this this is obviously going to be a, uh, a drawback or, or a, not, not a great thing for him in the long run here. But, Tom, talk to us about Mitchell. Yeah, so terrible-looking injury. You saw his knee hyperextended like 20 to 30 degrees. It was – Really scary looking. And the reporting ACL, no doubt that's torn. I suspect there's a lot more damage in there too with just the knee is not supposed to bend that way. So I suspect the PCL may be injured as well. Um, Even the hamstring may have some tearing to it. The posterior capsule, a number of tissues could be involved here. So I suspect this is going to be a very involved surgery, a very lengthy recovery. Now, let's think about the factors that we're always talking about with ACL tears for their ability to play next season in week one. Age is one. That's very much in his favor. He's super young. He's a rookie. Time from surgery to week one is not going to be good for him. It's what, week 15 when he had the injury. I just looked at he. There's no reports that he's had surgery yet. That doesn't surprise me with if there is multiple tissues damaged, I would suspect that there's a lot of swelling that needs to come down before they can do surgery. I wouldn't be surprised if it's another two, three, four weeks before he has surgery. And of course, the timeline starts day of surgery, not day of injury. Number of tissues involved. I'm suspecting there's a lot. 
So that's going to slow things down tremendously as well. And then how much of a freak athlete are they? I think he's shown he's really, really athletic. So that's in his favor as well. But the two things, the timeline and potentially the number of tissues are arguably the two biggest factors for a player's ability to be ready week one. They're not in his favor. I think we're looking at maybe being ready halfway through the season next year. Wow. That's detrimental. I mean, that's definitely going to be a name, Tom, that me and you over the summer chat, and he's going to be probably on some of our summer episodes talking about the recovery, the risk versus reward factor of taking him real late in drafts. But sucks to hear that when guys get late this late into the season. And, of course, the Ravens looking to make a playoff run too. So now they need to make changes. I mean, on paper, Tom, it looks like a heavy dose of Gus Edwards, right, sprinkle in just that perfect annoying amount of Justice Hill if you have Gus Edwards. But they played the Niners this week, who've won six straight. Uh, 49ers have been fantastic against the run. I almost think that this week, I know that people want to rely on him for the semis. I almost think this week Gus is a trap, man. I don't know. Again, the Niners are hard to run on. Lamar Jackson does a lot of the running work of himself on the goal line when they need to. And remember beginning of the year, we saw a ton of Justice Hill on the goal line. So I don't know. I think in a pinch, you play Gus Edwards. I'm a little bit more pessimistic on him than I think a lot of other people are. But again, they need someone to, to, to run the ball here on a team that's usually winning and, and with a pretty good defense the Ravens have as well. All right, man. Isaiah Pacheco, questionable shoulder, didn't play last week. They need him because CEH and McKinnon, they're not it, man. But what's up with Pacheco? So he had a clean-out procedure in his shoulder last week. They didn't tell us exactly what they're cleaning out, but usually that's little frayed segments of either the labrum or the rotator cuff. And we know he had that labral repair in the offseason. But that's just, just really not not anything that scares me. So um, I expect him to be back this week. That's what it sounds like. And I don't think this is going to bother him. As long as pain and swelling is down enough and range of motion is where it needs to be, this shouldn't impact him at all. And he's been a pretty reliable fantasy player this year. And I would suspect that to continue this week. All right, Pacheco is in, and another guy from that team, Tom, that's in. Finally, we got a wide receiver really emerging for the Chiefs, and it's it's rookie Rasheed Rice, man. Continues to be a standout. Rasheed Rice, how about this? Averaging 16.4 points per game, half-point PPR in his last four games. He's a guy that could really, really turn the tides of a matchup if you have him in your flex or his wide receiver three or something like that. He's been really, really good. Good to see that. And Kelsey really hasn't been Kelsey this year, Tom. Real quick, gun to your head scenario. Is Kelsey, uh, I'm not going to say is this it for him, but is the reign of Kelsey over, you think, in fantasy? Is, is he ever going to be as dominant again, or are we kind of starting to see the decline? We're seeing the decline, but he's still going to be relevant for at least a couple more years. Um, obviously, over the next few seasons, it's going to be Andrews, it's going to be Laporta, guys like that that are really taking over. But, yeah, Kelsey's definitely going to be usable, reliable for a few more years. And, you know, tight ends, especially guys like him who are so crafty at getting open and such reliable hands and have such a good rapport with the quarterback, he's always going to be a touchdown threat for as long as he plays. All right. So he's going to be Jason Witten in a couple of years and just get open. He'll be better. (laughs) I know. I'm not trying to to crap talk Kelsey. He's still awesome. He just hasn't scored in a while. Hasn't been an amazing year for, but obviously still just a ridiculous stud specimen at the position. All righty. 
On to Josh Jacobs, a quadriceps injury. He is questionable for this week. The, Ra <laughs> the Raiders coming off a 63-21 to 21 win against the Chargers. What a lovely football game that was. But Hope you had a fever in that one. <laughs> no, in my picks this year, I, I, I peppered the under. I took the Raiders under. I took, I don't even know. But what do you got on Josh Jacobs, man? Going to play this week? It looks like it. He's expected to return. Obviously, the quad is a big, strong, powerful muscle, pivotal for acceleration, cutting, top speed, things like that. So it can be very challenging to play through, which is why he didn't play last week. But with another week to rest, hopefully he's good to go. We actually don't see any decline in fantasy production on average with running backs or snap count. So typically when running backs return from this injury, they play just like they did before injury. With the amount of volume Jacobs gets and the amount of production, put him right in your lineup. Sounds good. I was going to say Zamir White would be totally playable if that's the case, just because he's got some pass-catching ability, and they do play the Chiefs this week, should be playing from behind. Jacobs, too much volume, can't sit him. We are thrilled to be partnering with SeatGeek. Go see your favorite teams, fantasy stars in action. Using our promo code, it is INJURYFANTASY. They'll give you $20 off your purchase. Works for everything. Works for games, concerts, anything that you want to see. That is SeatGeek. Code is Injury Fantasy for $20 off your purchase. Next guy up is Brian Robinson. Guy's having a heck of a year, but been out for a little bit, dealing with the hamstring. I think he was a DNP today on Wednesday. What do you have for us on B-Rob? Still not practicing over two weeks from injury now. So this is telling us that it's at least a grade two injury with some true muscle tearing and associated weakness. Now, there's no way with hamstring injuries to truly know when a player is 100% ready to return. That's one of the challenges. There's a lot of testing we can do that can suggest, okay, it's more likely that they're ready to return. But until they go full game speed, they really don't know. That's part of why the recurrence rate is so high. So with Robinson not practicing this week, it's been over two weeks since injury. I'm, I'm, I'm suspicious that even if he plays this week, it's not going to be at full strength. It's going to be maybe on a snap limit with um, Gibson and Rodriguez getting some of the, more of the work. But the interesting thing here is that running backs actually on average don't see a drop in fantasy production. But I think this would be a unique situation where he may not play to the average like for the reasons I just mentioned. Also, the fact that Washington's eliminated from playoff contention, why would they rush their second-year player back? I don't think they, they should. And if they do, it'll probably be at a reduced snap rate. So that makes him kind of a risky start this week if he does play. Of course, you need to check in later in the week to see if he is playing or not. If he's ruled out, then, of course, you're not going to start him. But even if he does play this week, I think it's worth looking at other options. But if you don't have any other good options, then then go ahead and play him. Great analysis. I'm totally with you. I mean, they play the Jets, who have been susceptible to the run, but the Jets tend to ugly things up. They play ugly football games. They don't score the ball much. It's usually low-scoring games. Um so I don't love it. And I told you guys, right, last week, I mean, Chris Rodriguez was going to be involved. I mean, you really – if Brian Robinson's out, I don't think you could start Rodriguez or Gibson. Gibson had just been a disappointment for a long time fantasy-wise. But, again, I think I'm with you, Tom. Even if Robinson plays, why rush him back? Why give him a huge workload? Rodriguez is there. Gibson's there. They play the Jets. I don't want any part of this game or really any part of the commander's offense, which 
has just been unreliable uh, throughout the most of the season. Terry McLaurin's put up a couple zeros or really low scoring games. Like he's still great. But for some reason, like Curtis Samuel is their most consistent player. I don't even know, but it's ugly over there. So I'm with you, Tom. Six guys left. Let's talk about a couple more wide receivers. Another concussion for the wide receiver 12 on the year. Wow. Wide receiver 12. Michael Pittman. Crazy game log, man. What a, I don't want to say surprise because we knew about the talent. I think a lot of people didn't like where he was being uh, drafted or just they just didn't like his quarterback situation. But guy has really proven it this year. What do we think about Pittman for week 16? So scary hit from KZ on um, Saturday night. Like I yeah. thought that he was going to be stretchered off the field. Thank goodness he was able to walk off on his own with a concussion. And he actually practiced a little bit today. So that puts him on track as long as he can continue to progress. Puts him on track to play this week. But again, of course, you got to check in before the game to see if he is playing or not. Sounds good. And Tom, I actually had a player on my freshman basketball team that hit his head and you know we have of course high school is very cautious about things so i had to go see the trainer right away it was kind of cool and he took him through like the whole little it wasn't a concussion protocol but there were like seven different tests he did he was like all right follow it was almost like a like a sobriety test he's like follow my finger tell me when it gets blurry and then i started catching myself like there was something like the little of course they do so much more than that but like what other stuff do they do, like concussion protocol? I mean, is there like brain scans? I know that's kind of a bad question, but is there like stuff that they do with that or is it just like how you feel and how you're performing, that type of thing? Well, what you described is a cranial nerve screen. So they'll do that, uh, looking at visual, auditory, <laughs> things like that. Sometimes they'll look at um, gross strength in the, the arms and the legs, balance, things like that. And then there is like a cognitive test that they're supposed to take before the season starts. And then they take that same test when they're going through or when they're um, getting tested for the concussion to see, like, how quickly are they responding to different questions or different stimuli and things like that. Um, so th there's a number of different tests that they do. Fun stuff, uh, except for the players going through it. All right. Chris Olave, ankle injury. Tom, what are the implications? I mean, I know he's supposed to be healthy now, kind of off the injury report, but I know you wanted to talk about him because there's some implications possibly for a lingering not lingering injury but coming off of that injury so what did you want to talk about with the lobby well with ankle sprains in general they're generally going to impact cutting more than straight line speed and Olave is he's kind of he's a deep threat guy so he should be okay and of course he's so talented that you're going to start him no matter what but just keep in mind that receivers do see a 14 percent drop in fantasy points in their first game after an ankle injury and only in a modest 6% dip in snap rate. So, of course, you're starting him, but just know that there is potential for a little bit less production than what we're used to. Fair enough. How about Tyreek Hill? Got some tough matchups coming up. He's got the Jets and the Cowboys. Of course, Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill, and there is no world or country or universe where you sit him, but can we expect anything negative with his ankle injury? At this point, he still hasn't practiced. So remember, he didn't practice all last week. He went through warm-ups or whatever before the game, but was very quickly ruled out and still today didn't practice. So again, like we just talked about with Olave, these types of injuries is going to impact your cutting, your route running, your change of direction 
those are all a huge part of his game. Of course, he can just run straight and run past everybody too. That shouldn't be as affected, but his he profiles to be more affected from this injury than most receivers. Now that said, he's the best receiver in football. So <laughs> if he plays, yeah, you're starting him. But just like Olave, how we talked about, don't expect that same upside. I think Hill takes more of a hit than Olave. Now, how, how, <coughs> excuse me. However, if you're averaging 21 points a game, even 25, 30% hit is still quite a bit of production. Um, just a tough situation though, because he's the best player at his position, but this injury is probably going to slow him down. Yeah, it's tough. And you said it really doesn't impact his straight line speed, but just his development over the past two years or even a couple of years, whatever, to become so elite, because I think it's the development of his route tree. Like he just becomes so effective in all facets of being a wide receiver. His route running has become so much more crisp. So yeah, I would be worried about Tyreek Hill, but Tom, I even think that he if he's sitting out this week, I play him. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah see how that works. More points than some of my guys for some somehow some way. Again, tough matchups, but he's Tyreek Hill, so don't overthink it, guys. Keenan Allen, a heel, questionable. I mean, before you even talk about him, it's just the Chargers, man. Uh, I don't recommend starting anyone on this team. I've been burned for a while this year on Austin Eckler. I don't even know what the heck to do with him anymore. Um, you know, just fired the head coach over there. It's just a whole disaster. But is there any good news here? Do we have any optimism with Keenan Allen? Is he going to play? Is it even worth him to play? What do you What do you think? At the moment, there's not a whole lot of good news because he did not practice again today, Wednesday. They play Saturday, so that's a quicker turnaround. Now, if you are looking for some optimism, heel injuries, as long as it's not fractured, typically aren't terrible. They typically feel better once you get warmed up, and it can be kind of a pain tolerance thing, but it can make it difficult to accelerate, to hit top speed, things like that. I suspect that if they were in playoff contention, he would definitely be pushing to play, but since they stink, I wouldn't be surprised if he sits again. And even if he does play, I mean, if he plays, you can't not start him. But with Easton Stick at quarterback, the upside is not what it is with Herbert. Um, so another one that's a really tricky situation because because of his name and because of what he's done this year, you feel like you have to start him if he plays. But this situation is just not great for him. And honestly, I don't know if he will play because of like what we talked about before. The quick turnaround to Saturday, and they're playing for nothing. Yeah. I do love me a Saturday game. I'm excited to, to have some games coming up on Saturday. But, Tom, this season has just been like a war of attrition. It's just like whose team can last the longest without everyone dying. It's been, I, I really, I mean, of course, now that we look at injuries so closely, you always have. But now that I'm studying it so much, you know, being with you and, and being with the fantasy injury team, like this. I think this year it has to be record-breaking in some ways. The amount of quarterbacks that have been down, the amount of just stud players that have been hurt. We've talked so many times this year about stud running backs, about Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, Tyree Kill, all of these guys. Like, I'm so curious to see what some of these championship rosters are going to look like. There's going to be some surprises out there. and It's going to come down to depth and <laughs> – who gets lucky? I guess it's going to be like, some strange names on there. 
I'll never forget, and I hope my friend CJ is listening. It had to be eight years ago at this point. I picked up um, Tim Hightower from the Saints yes. in the championship week or maybe in the semifinals week. Picked him up off waivers because who I don't know if it was Kamara or Ingram, if it was even before their time. They just were out. And I think Tim Hightower literally won me a championship. And I just, every time I see him, I, I almost bought a Tim Hightower jersey, but there's so few out there. I think they were like $600. And I literally almost pulled the trigger on it. But that's like the types of names we're going to see. Like, imagine JT doesn't play or something and Zach Moss is hurt and it's just Trey Sermon bringing people to championships. Yeah, like, it's just absolutely, it doesn't make sense, man. But listen, that's why we're here. And it's, there's some skill involved, but. <laughs> You got to have some luck out there, too. All right. Not so much luck for the Bengals, man. We got two guys left. Let's get to Jamar Chase. A shoulder injury, of course, just could not have come at a worse time. Obviously been without Burrow. I mean, I think Chase was still playable, but can't play him if he's not going to play. So what, what do you have on an update for Chase? That is correct. You can't play him if he's not going to play, even though you just said you would start Tyreek Hill even if he's not That's playing. different. That's different. Tyreek <laughs> Hill I'd play if he's, if he's out. Jamar Chase, questionable. Not sure. Got it. Okay. So he originally was labeled as day-to-day. That was quickly retracted, and it's looking more like week-to-week. This is telling us this is either a grade 2 or 3 AC joint sprain. A grade 1, they would play right through it. That's what Puka dealt with. That's what Keenan Allen dealt with this year. We see that all the time. Grades 2 and 3, typically you're missing some time. There's more actual true ligament damage leading to laxity or instability in that shoulder. And grade three injuries, it's kind of borderline. Can we rehab them? Can Do they need surgery? That's what Anthony Richardson had. Grade three, AC joint sprain, ultimately needed surgery. Of course, grades four through six always need surgery. So we have not heard surgery thrown around at all with Chase, so it's most likely a grade two injury. He's looking like he's missing this week, possibly more. So obviously, if he misses this week, He's not helping you in the semifinals. If he does turn around and play in week 17, we'll talk about him next week, of course, but I would I would expect him to be able to play pretty well. I don't expect this to hinder performance once they get back on the field. Definitely a guy we'll be talking ex- extensively about next week for championship week. And last guy is Nico Collins, a calf injury. Uh, obviously a guy with a bright future, stud wide receiver. Tom, I know you don't like... Was it heel injuries? You always tell us this. Oh, it's the cast. Yeah. What is Okay. So it's, it just zaps wide receiver production in their first game back. Only one out of 18 receivers since 2017 have met or exceeded their pre-injury average in fantasy points in that first game back. And they average a dip of 44% fantasy production. So for someone like Collins, who's averaging something in the low teens, we're looking at maybe six, seven fantasy points this week, which is not what you want in the semifinals. And the reason is the calf is so critical for acceleration and top end speed that if you, <clears throat> if it's to the point where you can't, you, you can't get there, you're not going to get open. And if you're not open, you're not going to catch the ball. <laughs> if you don't catch the ball, you're not going to get many fantasy points. So even if Collins plays, I'm not starting him this week because of this injury but also because Shroud's probably not going to play. Right. Double whammy right there for Nico Collins. Okay. Any other players that we are looking at here for semifinal week 16, Tom? Yeah, some guys that are a little less fantasy relevant, but still worth talking about. We saw Will Levis 
take a nasty hit in overtime. Body got bit in all sorts of directions. I saw people, uh, I thought this was kind of inappropriate, but also kind of funny. People putting um, Peter Griffin comparisons when he falls down the stairs. Oh, no. (laughs) On his stomach with his whole body twisted. I thought that was a little bit mean. But um, looked really bad. Looked like a fracture for sure. But ended up just being a high ankle sprain. I highly doubt we see him again this year because they're not playing for anything. And we know that high ankle sprains, high recurrence rate, high – chance that they can lead to other injuries in the knee, the hip, back, etc. Why why would they risk their future franchise quarterback for a couple games that aren't going to matter? Of course, they want him to develop, but at what cost? So I doubt that we see him again this year. Alexander Madison still dealing with an ankle sprain that he missed last week and did not practice today, so we'll keep monitoring him. And then Zay Jones, who has been injured all season, now has a new hamstring injury. And he is considered week to week, not day to day, week to week. So he's probably not playing this week. And receivers average missing 1.8 games and see about a 13% dip in their fantasy production when they return. All right. Been a rough one for Zay Jones. Been a rough one for me, Tom, as we move on to our next section here. And that is our sleeper picks. And we are super proud, excited to be teaming up with our friends at Sleeper. Got another promo code for you there. They'll match $100. Never too late, guys. sleeper.com slash promo slash fit. They will match $100 for you. Been a rough season for me. I think Tom hit it big last week, betting on the lines. You're such a stud, Tom. Please make all of my picks going forward. I'm struggling. You are as hot as can be. I'll go first. I'll get it out of the way. Um, I'm still confident in it, but I'm really just going with a gut call here. Um, Research has burned me. Not that I don't do research, everybody. I love to do it. I'm just feeling like a Kelsey score this week. It's right around even money. Hasn't scored in four weeks. I was talking about how he hasn't performed very well. I think, who did they play? They played the Patriots, I think, last week, who really, really shut him down. Had one of the worst games, I think, of his recent career. I like Kelsey getting in the end zone this week. Tom hit a double last week, so I'll show off for him a little bit. What'd you hit? Montgomery over and Gibbs over. That's right. A little little parlay action. Nice job. Another game I fell asleep for. Of course, I wake up immediately at 6 a.m. and watch the highlights, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're both going to hit. And, of course, they did. But nice job, man. Good for you. Thank you. They hit pretty comfortably, too. They sure did. So this week, I'm going to take Tajay Spears over 27 and a half rushing yards. So they play Seattle, who's averaging, letting up 127.3. Of course, Henry's the main guy there, but with Tennessee eliminated, Henry admitting that he doesn't know if he's going to be back next year, I think they want to see what they really have in the rookie. So I think they give him a lot more work than usual. And even this season, when he's been the second man behind Henry, he still has six out of 14 games that he's gone over 27 and a half yards. And I think that workload only increases this week. So I like Ty J. Spears over 27 and a half rushing yards. He's giving me Rashad White vibes, like Leonard Fournette gone, Derrick Henry maybe gone. Like, let's kind of see what this guy has, and maybe he could be something next year, you know, in real life and, of course, in fantasy. Who do they play this weekend? They play the Seahawks. That's a really low line, 27. That's what it's at, Tom? Yeah, Yeah. seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, last week he had, I think, 30 yards or so. So, good bet. All right. Last segment here, everybody. 
We've made it to the semifinals here in the Vampire Diaries. So once again, this is the last time I'll remind you guys about the league. And this probably won't be a segment next year because I'm not going to be the Vampire again. But it was fun while it lasted. You guys should try this. It's a Vampire League. Once again, 12-team league. Um, one person is randomly selected as the Vampire. That was me. I was not allowed to draft a team. So I just had to basically create a team based off who was left on waivers after the other 11 teams drafted. The things that make the league awesome is if I lose, I get first priority of waivers. And if I beat the other team, I get to pick people up or excuse me, I get to steal one person from the other team. So here we are. We are officially in the semifinals. Tom, I play against Nick Baldino. It should be a nice fun week here. So here's the starting lineup that I'm going to go with for this week. We've got Jalen Hurts, Kyron Williams. Now I'm like thinking about clapping because like when I introduce my basketball starters to my basketball team, everybody starts clapping. So I'm thinking about clapping right now. Okay. Jalen Hurts, it. do it. Kyron Williams, do it for you. All right, uh, Travis Etienne, Justin Jefferson, Chris Olave, Travis Kelsey, Tony Pollard. Got the Eagles D against oh, yeah. the Giants and Aubrey, the kicker. My only concern, quick Tom, is I have Mostert looming on my bench. I have to play Kyron Williams. I don't see a world where I sit JJ like. You're playing Mostert over. I, I want to play Pollard. What about Olave for Mostert? I don't know. Oh no, I have to play Olave. So the only the only change I'd be able to make actually would be Etn out and Mostert in, or Pollard out and Mostert in. I would say you have to play Mostert. This guy's on a freaking tear. Um, if Lawrence doesn't play, uh, I, I, either way, I would put him over Etn. No matter what, over Etn. Yeah. Is Achan playing? Is that a bad question? Do we know? Yeah, he's playing, but Mostert has just been insane this year. You can't possibly bench him. He's got 20 touchdowns. I know. I know, Tom. Okay. We'll talk next week, and hopefully I'm thanking you for, for that advice. All right. That does it for us, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, Tom. Thank you, as always, for the insight. Tom, I hope you feel better. <laughs> Rest up for Christmas and for the holidays, man. Hopefully you're not. Uh, you're off the injury report, ready to go for the weekend. <laughs> oh, thank you. But thank you guys. Best of luck this week in your playoffs. We thank you guys so much for joining us. And we'll see you next time on the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast.